What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and that was the longest I've ever played this intro. Mostly because I've got a small dog on my lap, I'm trying to stop him make noise, and we were pretending to have him drum. He's currently growling, so hopefully he doesn't fuck up this interview, because it's with a very close friend of mine and somebody that I respect a lot in this business. It is the one, the only, the motherfucking struggles. How are you today, sir? Yo, uh, I'm okay. I'm chilling. I didn't know there was words to that song. <laughs> About that song, that is a band that I did with some friends a while ago. We never actually played a show, but we uh, wrote a few songs and yeah, they exist. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. What's the name of the band? Uh, the Thunder Vipers and I was the bass player. I thought you said you were the best player, but you said bass player, but your accent made it sound like you said best. And I was like, wow. There is no chance I go, said bro. I'm the best player. I've never said that in my fucking life. I'm a, about me, I'm a dude that plays bass. I'm not a bass player. They're two very okay. different things, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about some things that I do. I would never call myself a graphic designer. I just happen to make graphics. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. That's kind of more the way that I feel. <laughs> That's but how it, how it rolls out sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like it's you just do your best and then sometimes it goes well. It's funny because we, like my band back in the day, we were really lucky and got to do like lots of cool stuff. Um, but I could I could have listed many people that were more like, you know, talented musically than I was, but it was just we were like, you know, guys who worked harder and kept at it for longer. And that that's kind of true to everything in life, you know. What is Why that? is your shit breaking up, bro? Yeah, yeah. what is it? There's some kind of weird, like, are you getting a Skype call at the same time? <laughs> some kind of weird. No. Doo -doo. It, keep, it keeps, like, falling. I don't know. It's breaking up. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to blame it on you. I don't even barely, po I barely podcast, so. Yeah, right. Well, that is fair. I will say, though, that the only person I really have issues with on Facebook is you. So, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, The audio is still working, and I will get in here and. Uh, use editing skills to fucking fix up anything. Does that mean uh, we're going to edit all of this out right now, this block? Mm -mm. I might not edit it. It depends how we go. <laughs> but yeah, I'll probably edit it. Yeah, I'm just going to start talking about the matches for the show that yeah. aren't announced. Yeah, let, let's... Just, no. well, yeah, well, don't do that because then I might just use this as a chance to scoop you. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'll probably just leave all this in. I don't have that much time before we fly. It doesn't matter. Uh, everybody, we, we're here. We're hanging out. Uh, I'm so excited for my boy's new show. It's going to be absolutely killer. The first one was a certified banger, and you're crazy enough to do it again. I know it uh, nearly fucking stressed you to death last time. Why again? Why again? Why again? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, I know the rule is like if you're going to run a pro wrestling show, you're going to lose money. Uh, surprise, I didn't lose any money. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's a first time for everything i know i know we were all shocked um but um this time around i might uh so <laughs> it's um there was a lot of complications with this one um i'm a all-around uptight human being i stress about a lot of things it's just part of my personality um so running a wrestling show might not be this, the best thing for me, but it's a great creative outlet. Uh, I love the booking process. I love the matching up talent. I love the branding process, even some of the promoting process. But it's the it's the in-between. It's the now. 
you know, the two weeks before the show, that's just not fun. You know, uh, I basically announced everything I'm going to announce. So now it's just jamming it down people's throats and hope the hoping they buy tickets, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which is always the thing that sucks, like social media <laughs> and promoting and stuff like that is so annoying, you know? Like, I personally would like to just get to a certain level, not because I really want fame as much as I just don't want to do social media. Like, I just want people to know the shit exists and to listen to nice interviews, you know? And so I'm sure for you, you're probably like, I would just like to release the show and have people see it and, you know, see the stuff we've worked on and, and be exposed to these amazing wrestlers. And that's it. Yeah. But unfortunately, you do have to grind. There's a real-ass venue to be paid for. These people all pay yeah. bills. You know, all these superheroes and the like this story that you're writing are, are real people's lives and the responsibilities oh, come yeah. with that so i can only imagine the pressure that comes with that yeah it's a lot man and um i went from being uh very very fiscally responsible and mapped out for the first show until the end um when things just kind of fell in my lap or people you know homicide canceled and myron reed canceled and i needed replacements and then like Shane Douglas falls in your lap and uh, ACH is my boy. And then Jonah falls in your lap. And it's like, uh, this is, uh, you know, getting a little bit more out of control than I had hoped. But uh, this time I was expecting to be at a bigger venue in a different location. I was expecting to originally be at a larger venue in Long Island. And uh, it just didn't work out that way for me. And, um, that was a very stressful, it went from exciting to stressful very quickly. I'm from Long Island. I live here still. Uh, I grew up going to shows out here. You know, my first independent show was, uh, CM Punk's last when he came back in like a snowstorm, mm -hmm. he had already signed to OVW, but he had come back, um, so it just, uh, it, it had a little bit more sentimental value to running out here. But uh, it just, it fell apart, man. It's just bad business with people. And I don't know any better, you know? This is only my second fucking show. I don't Figuring fucking know. Exactly. So uh, mm -hmm. it just seemed, and honestly, it's probably a, a blessing in disguise. Running in New York is very difficult. I don't think people understand that. Um. We all joke, everybody runs at Ridgefield Park. Guess why? Because it's fucking easy. And it's cheap. They have a ring there. Like, literally, there's a ring that's stored at this venue. Like, it's easy. They say the rent is this. And you're like, all right. And that includes the ring. Mm -hmm. Fucking what? Yeah. Absolutely. Let's do it. Because the, the costs associated with but not in only New York, venue, it's wow. In, I'm sorry, you're breaking up, Rafe. No, no, you're good. Let me just talk. Shut up and let me talk. <laughs> <laughs> You've been talking for long enough. I don't do these shows very often, so. Um, but no, <laughs> I'm busting his balls. If anybody who's unfamiliar, we're 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 good friends, and I love it. And uh, I can bust, I can bust his balls. It's, um, you know why struggles is my favorite guest because he can just fucking talk forever, and I can just sit and listen to what my friends are saying. It's it. fucking awesome. It's seven a.m. I'm just chilling out. I'm drinking 
coffee from a Snorlax mug watching my friend tell me about his awesome wrestling company. It's great. Yeah, this is not the awesome part, though. But, um, you know, when people don't realize when you run in New York, uh, you have to have a license. There's like a three to four year waiting list to get a license, professional wrestling license. So then you usually have to contact somebody with an existing license uh, and then pay them to then use their license. So put that on uh, on the list of expenses. Then you got to rent a building. Then you got to get a ring. Then in New York, you have to have insurance, proper insurance, which they believe is MMA insurance. So that's another expense to the list. Certainly not an MMA show, but you have to have this type of insurance. So add that to the list. Then you have to have an ambulance and a doctor on site that you have that you have to obviously pay for. Add that to the list. Uh, you don't need any of this in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Isn't isn't like parking in New York like a total thing as well? Like total chaos. Like even getting to venues and stuff. Like the the picture you're painting for me just seems all too hard. And I'd be like, I'm gonna pick another state real quick. Well, once it all fell through, and I'll just tell the fucking story. I went to go give a deposit, and I had already submitted the contract mm -hmm. and signed and everything. I went to just go drop money off, and um, I the building's not too far from where I, you know I'm at. So I head over there. Uh, I say, hey, you know, I'm here to drop deposit. What's the name of your company? I said, ETU. They were like, oh, let me look at the calendar. Are you this? And I'm like, no. And they were just like, well, you're not on the calendar for rental, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, here's my contract. And she looked at it, and then she found a copy of it. Of it. I'm like, this is okay. She's like, let me call so-and-so. Calls so-and-so. He calls me and says, oh, well, we had to give your date away because you took too long to get us the contract back and the deposit. I'm like, you sent me this on, like, December something and I came over here like it was like three weeks and it was Christmas New Year's I'm like well I was supposed to show up here in a fucking Santa costume on fucking <laughs> Christmas day and deliver this fucking deposit to like, you like bitch I know you were closed I know it <laughs> <laughs> and um so I got mad and I was just like you know what like you could keep running your little 50 person fucking jabroni shit shows here i'm good bro have a have a good one yeah um so i was mad and also panicked so i'm like calling everybody i know about venues hey do you know any venues in new york new york i was still set on long island so i'm like calling knights of columbus halls and fucking whatever i don't know they don't have that shit over there right is, is knights you know of columbus like a um What's the thing I'm looking for? Like lodge or or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Basically, I was going to make like a conspiracy theorist, like <laughs> Da Vinci Code joke, but it's just far-fetched. Yeah, yeah, not exactly. I can't remember. Like, uh, Freemasons. <laughs> that was the thing yeah, I was thinking. Freemasons. My dad yeah. was a Freemason for a hot second. Um, and Knights Templar. Yeah, exactly. Knights Templar. And he, he used to like, do you know what it is? Because it's kind of weird, right? Like, oh, like he used no to clue. Have, I know it's weird, though. It was weird. Like, I think he just used to do it because it was like we were living in a small town and it was sort of the movers and shakers used to do it. And I guess they used to have barbecues and some free beer or whatever. 
but like he like had like a little book, like a Bible, and he used mm. to like have to learn lines, right? Like, and at one point he was like the I know the 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 Knight Templar, right? So they all had a turn yeah. and stuff, and they'd wear like an apron and they'd have to do it. And I had to like uh, sort of help him recite his lines. And I got to go one time, and they yeah they had all these podiums, and they would essentially sort of reenact these sort of ceremonies. It was very strange. It was very strange. Uh, Were you in cult growing up? Uh, no. Uh, and you know what? Like, I grew up, we Are had, like, a, a local church and stuff, but I think my dad was in a cult for a hot second. I think he was. I don't think I was. Yeah. I need yeah, to ask him about it now. Adjacent. Yeah, cult adjacent. Now that I, I haven't thought about that in a long time, I'm actually kind of worried now. <laughs> Look, he's not in a cult anymore. But there is a chance I was in a cult growing up. Yes. Okay, cool. All we'll, right. we'll clear that up. All well, right. Then I'll, I'll report back to you on that one now that we think about it. Yes, please. Trauma. Please. Traumas are coming Let's, back. Yes. We're <laughs> digging up deep, deep facts. Okay. Here. So let's, let's, so you decide not to do any blood rituals and you decide yes. to just get the venue that you know. Can I ask you this? Like, obviously you're from the area. So that would be the right. appeal of running in New York. But to me, yeah. it seems like a whole fuck around to the point of maybe never being worth it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like the amount well, of cost. I told you the list of everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, but, but for you, even then you were still going to go ahead. Even when you saw all that list of all the things that want to happen, you still wanted to make it happen. Now, is that just because like it's New York and you saw your first yeah. shows there and stuff and you're like, I just fucking yeah. love to do it. Like bucket list, yeah. like ticket off yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And there's even more restrictions where uh, you have to have guardrails, which I have guardrails for aesthetic anyway, mm -hmm. just because that was the, what I grew up with. Yeah. You know, going to ROH, going to people banging on the guardrails, going to Jersey All Pro, you know, I just felt aesthetically I wanted them. Mm -hmm. Also, it keeps people off the ring and localizes the fan base a little bit more, so it kind of fills out the room a little bit yeah. also. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's just a different vibe also, especially in that building. Everybody runs in Ridgefield Park. If you can, you know, sprinkle your flavor on it, make it look a little different, it goes a little bit further. Well, you, which you, you know? definitely did with uh, the yeah. first show. It yeah. looked like with the lighting and with the rails and stuff, like you say, I've seen heaps of shows that run there and yours looked completely different to everybody else's. You made it your own. Yeah, and that was the goal. But um, I did have this uh, just this hell-bent bucket list item on my brain that I wanted to run in New York no matter what. And like I said, you got to have guardrails also, which is an expense for some people, but I had already budgeted for it. You can't do any, like, weapons on the outside. There's no blood allowed. Like, not like I'm doing that stuff, but there's restrictions, you know? There's a lot, a lot going on. I don't think you can use tables in New York at all. <laughs> Weird. What? <laughs> what about doors? Did they did yeah, they think yeah, of that when they were checking yeah. checking off that bullshit? <laughs> yeah, like you were you're not allowed to like uh, you know a lot of people put like a a door over from the apron to the guardrail, mm -hmm. like suspended across. You can't do that. You can't like ladders and stuff. It's how just can so much. they? How can they like not have professional wrestling insurance and run all this shit? Like, oh, it needs to be MMA, and you need to have a like insurance and you need to have an ambulance, you need to have all these real-ass sport things. But then they seem to know so many details about 
pro wrestling, which are not real things. And so it's like they're picking and choosing what to be mad about and what to charge you for. Uh, yeah, it seems like it's, a nightmare. Uh, it's, there's a lot of little nitpicky fines, you know, yeah. and they ramped it up. They basically don't want anybody to run in New York except bigger companies. Yeah. And that's why you kind of look at the independent scene in New York, especially, you know, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking Albany and like Buffalo, like way up. That's 10 hours away from me. You know, I'm talking about, you know, Long Island, Brooklyn, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's why Casanova Valentine runs no ring shows. Yeah. It's considered like an art show. Yeah. He, he found and that it, loophole, right? Which is what that Vice yeah. documentary was about. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Which is, <laughs> which is pretty clever for him, whether it like gets him eventually or whatever, I don't know, but he definitely, yeah, he, I don't he definitely think they'll get him it. eventually. I think they'll just, uh, tighten up that loophole one day. Yeah, exactly. Yep. There'll be like no blood art or otherwise that kind of thing. Yeah. It's just, it's so stupid. They're just coming for money, coming for fines. But like I said, uh, there's no cool wrestling on long Island anymore. Create a pro runs here, but like as much as I got love for them, it's glorified student shows. Um, same thing. There's NYWC. They are glorified student shows with a couple big shows here and there. There's no like Ring of Honor used to come here all the time. You know, yeah. there's no like, ooh, this is like, like, as as stupid as it sounds, like I'm trying to make a cool wrestling promotion. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it, that's what we all want, but some people just don't know how to execute it. Luckily, luckily for me, I have the connections with talent and otherwise, and the skill set to be able to make things look a certain way that I can go from my first show to looking like a big deal. Yeah. And, and the first show has had it flaw has its flaws in it. You know, it's not a perfect fucking show. And, uh, I'm a, I'm a winner, man. I'm a competitor. I look at stuff. I like same thing with ICW. I look at shows like a pitcher trying to throw a perfect game and, it was not a no hitter. It was not a perfect game by any means, but I feel like I won at the end, you know, and um, I definitely felt there like, Hey, I want to do this again. And I did. And when I got the bigger building in long Island, I was like, I got to bring something bigger here. Cause there's more seats. It's a bigger building. It holds like 2000 people. So in my mind, I'm not thinking I'm going to draw 2,000 people. I'm not delusional, but I'm thinking I can bring a cool wrestling show to Long Island. I have, you know, the connects and people to promote, and I can put something together that can draw five, 600 people. So let me book accordingly. And that's where Mia Yim comes in. That's when the Rock and Roll Express comes in. But when you lose that building and it wasn't easy to just get Ridgefield park back. Like it might seem like, Oh, you know, he had to go back with his tail between his legs back to old fateful, you know, like where everybody else fucking goes. But that wasn't really the case. Uh, I had called a ton of different places and got a lot of no's and a lot of were booked and a lot of this and a lot of that. And then I stretch out and start calling Jersey places and calling Jersey places. And then I call Ridgefield Park and they tell me they're booked. 
like this flat out. He was like, nah. He's like, we could do the 15th, but the 16th booked. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, what type of an event? He said, a wrestling show. And I said, do you mind telling me the company? He said, no, uh, I, I wouldn't want to tell you that information. I said, all right. I was like, is it somebody who runs there regularly? He said, no, they've never right. run a show before. I said, oh, okay. And then uh, I was just hung up the phone and was like, you know what? I'll figure it out. And I keep calling. And then uh, <laughs> the typical uh, crazy person in me did this, and you'll laugh. Uh, I called him back, and I said, hey, so, you know, we did great business our first show. He was like, yeah, you did. You guys, one of the best shows we've had here it was so packed. The bars did great. I was like, is there any way, like, if I paid you up front or paid you, like, a little more, you could get me that date? And he was like, Ryan, that would be unethical. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. I was like, I got to try, man. I was like, I'm, like, freaking out. And he's like, hey, let me call and see if these guys are the real deal and they really want it. Yeah. I said, please, please, just double check for me. Uh-huh. He said, all right. And like three, four days pass by. I get another slew of a bunch of no's from different buildings. And uh, he calls me back and he was like, hey, uh, I was able to speak to the people who had reserved the date. He was like, uh, and then he goes, are there any other dates that you have in mind? And I'm like, that's a terrible sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, I know I want to run August and I want to run December 3rd again you know, one year anniversary it would yeah. be on a Saturday this time around. Mm-hmm. He said December 3rd was taken, but December 10th wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I had him write me in for December 10th. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, do you want April 16th? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. He was like, yeah, those guys uh, flaked. So it's all yours. And I'm just <laughs> like, like, why did we have to go through all this other stuff? Why couldn't you have just started with that? For <laughs> like, like, bro, you could have just like uh, shot me a text like, 16th yours <laughs> and i would have just been much easier and better instead of uh waiting yeah and, and uh, you know and it, so we're back and um no disrespect to ridgefield park at all you know i just wanted to do something a little bit different and try and check off a bucket list item for me yeah. and i'll get there i'll yeah. run a long island show and i'll get it out of my system and I'll get my fucking ass kicked, but uh, I'll say I did it. Yeah. You know, for you, but- for for you, like as a, I guess a New York kid, kind of thing, mm-hmm. and going to those shows. I know that like Ring of Honor was super important for you, so there's probably like a part yeah. that where you sort of want to give that back a little bit. You know, like I, yeah, I can see that's something that you really want to tick off. Also, I quickly want to say before we get in that rabbit hole, when you said that you're like, this is the real psycho in me and I called back, I really thought you were going to tell me you rang up and tried to impersonate the person that had the date before you. Like, he, I, I picked you, you with with a beret on and I must just like, it is me, the person that booked the date on the 16th. I wish to cancel and give the event to ETU. <laughs> He's like, is that you, Ryan? You're like, no, yeah. and hang up. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, we we didn't reach that length of 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 psych psychoticness, but I did try and bribe a man at a night at Columbus Hall. I love so, it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, like, and, and you know the Knights of Columbus are susceptible to bribes. I imagine. <laughs> Is there anything like I, the cult? My dad was. I thought they would be, but apparently it's unethical. <laughs> so integrous. Hey, integrous. 
I know. I was like, damn. Did it, well, uh, uh, right. how did the ethics go? Was he like, oh, yeah, you've got that date they flight, but I will be charging you the higher rate. <laughs> no, he was just like, uh, I was like, awesome, man. I was like, same as last time. He was like, yep. He was like, uh, just whoever's working, they have a bar there. He's like, whoever's working the bar there, just, uh, you know, give them the money. Day of. I'm like, cool. Easy. See you. See you on the 16th. <laughs> Be there. Um, the, so... <laughs> While we're while we're thinking about you doing insane things to run in <laughs> run in New York and and tick that off and stuff, I guess we'll follow yeah. that natural segue just real quick and derail your story just to talk about Ring of Honor and what that meant for you because it's a huge part yeah. of it. And obviously there was a huge news like just this last week or whatever that Ring yeah. of Honor has been purchased by bazillionaire Tony Khan and it's going to start running again. How does that feel for you? Because there is the opportunity that they will start to run in New York again. I guess you know I, i'd imagine so i don't see why not i think it's fantastic man mm-hmm. if it means that i can eventually have easy access to their entire library yeah that is uh very very uh appealing to me mm-hmm. because it's super influential to me and i had the majority of the library from 02 to probably 2014 mm-hmm. and then i started to sell all the dvds i don't have much left mm-hmm. Uh, I stripped a bunch of it and put it on a hard drive. Don't tell Tony, but um, <laughs> he's already <laughs> listening, bro. You're fucked. He's, he's gonna stop. I know. I know. I know he is. He's just like, why doesn't he announce all his cards so I can st- all his matches on the card so I can steal it from him? First time ever. I don't think yeah, so. He he's been uh, for, like when you look at all his signings and stuff. When you look at you know Moriarty and Garcia and shit like that. There's no way he hasn't been listening to the Spotlight series, just picking yeah. and choosing the guys. <laughs> like, well, so who knows, man? It's just it's just one of those things where people be like, oh, you know, if they do your show, they get signed. I was just like, I just don't like bad wrestling. Like I can't yeah, tell you. Yeah. Like I just like enjoy good wrestling. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. And then but, that's um, naturally going to work itself out because you're yeah, exactly you're the, the good people. Dope. I like good people and good wrestling. And guess what? Those usually get rewarded in the end. Mm-hmm. But uh, to see Ring of Honor back, I'm excited to see where the catalog lands. Uh, and I hope they use it as like a developmental system. Yeah. Where they take some of the overflow because they have a lot of talent signed that's not getting used properly. Mm-hmm. Hope they use it as a developmental. Maybe uh, tour a little bit. Like I would say maybe 500 to 1,000 seat arenas, nothing huge. I don't think they need to go and be at uh, Madison Square Garden in front of 20,000 people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think if they could do small venues and treat it as developmental and um, it would work out fantastically. I mean, I would would attend those shows, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, it motivates me more to to continue what I'm doing because the spirit of, of ROH, the spirit of original ICW Jersey, all pro is what fueled, you know, ETU wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to continue that, you know, you like the whole, the lifeblood of what I'm trying to achieve is East coast wrestling. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, you know, Jersey, New York. Um, It's everywhere. You know, you see the people on the card, you see, Alec Price, you see MSP, they're coming from Maine. You see um, some fella named AC Mack, the IWTV champion. He's coming up from Georgia. You see Coos coming from Tennessee. 
you see motherfucking Scoot Andrews is coming from Florida. Yeah. Like, it's a, a whole conglomerate of amazingly talented individuals that span over decades of independent wrestling to show up in the same place at the same time with the same goal of showing that the East Coast is where you need to be in order for the the rest of the wrestling world to unlock for you. That is the key, the East Coast. And uh, that's not a knock on anybody else. Everybody else has had their time to shine. The West Coast is crazy right now. Mm-hmm. You know, mid, mid-South, mid Ohio area, Chicago, they had their fire time. Florida got crazy for a minute. Obviously, Southeast First is a, is a big movement right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't want to disrespect anybody. But, man, the East Coast, bro. I'm talking from Maine down. That's... And that includes the Southeast, you know, I'm not, I'm not just trying to say that, you know, I'm not some wild ECW Mark who's like the Northeast or bust, you know, but you got to give the East their props. It's been consistent and whether it's uh, the Northeast or the Southeast or whatever region all the way up top, you know, that main Rhode Island area right now, limitless wrestling, uh, beyond wrestling, um, WWR, like everybody up there, they're having these fucking awesome shows. Limitless wrestling is amazing. It's great. You know? So it's just, uh, I just think if you want to make it in wrestling, the East is the place to do it. And if you can do it here, the world of wrestling will unlock for you. Look at Alec Price, man. That kid. He's up and he's down. Next up, I, that's how he feels to me. You know, it's just like up and down that coast nobody can even touch him right now you know i got people who i offer that match to and they just say nah i'm good man like that's real because his the gas tank the cardio what that you what you have to bring to hang with him is is a lot different it's like that it's a lot i don't want to go there yeah wow yeah that's crazy it's it is man but that's my whole goal. It's not just, I mean, obviously I'm talking about, I, 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 when I first branded the company, it was a uh, tri-state, you know, the legacy of the tri-state. I want to uh, continue the legacy, highlight the future and continue, you know, the tradition. But then I realized in doing this, it's more than just that. It's more than just New York, New Jersey, and then Tri-State can be whatever you decide. Pennsylvania can be Connecticut or something like that. But when people think Tri-State area, they think New York, New Jersey, you know, Pennsylvania, Philly, you know. So I'm like, man, it's so much more than that. You know, it's that's why the first people I reached out to was like Price and MSP because I'm just like, man, he's so good. If you're trying to highlight the East Coast, he has to be here. Mm-hmm. So, boom, put him in, lock him in. And then I'm like, MSP is this a slept-on tag team that I think has shined in such a huge way at Limitless. But I feel like they've... I don't want to say they're like a big fish in a small pond, but I just feel like it's time to upgrade their environment, you know? that you uh your fish starts to grow in your bowl and then you put them in a bigger tank 
and then they grow more, you know? So I feel like that's where they're at right now. They're like, man, we are a big deal in, in our new England area, but now let's jump into a, a bigger tank and explore some more. And I think they deserve that. And, um, who, who knows who else is going to hop in that car from up there? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's awesome, man. It's, it's why I always like uh, picking your brain about this stuff because I feel like your grasp of, I guess, the wrestling landscape is always so vast. You know what I mean? You're you're such a part of that scene and such a fan of it that you really are always thinking about the bigger picture, which I think is pretty awesome. And I think it bodes really well for what's going to come from ATU as you can continue to run these shows and like help grow this talent because I know you have an eye for detail too. Like, and I know yeah. you want to tell those stories and, and help people expand, yeah. you know, it's not just uh, about hot matchups and stuff like that. I know that as it goes, you, you're, you've got stuff planned, you know, and that's really exciting. Yeah. yeah. I, I basically, um, and we talked about this on the first one where the goal was to run seasonally, you know, the four type deal. So um, that's the plan as of right now, four shows a year, you know, uh, December, April, August, December, you know? So I'm looking at things in sort of like seasons, like a television show or, uh, or, you know, comic book story arcs, you know, stuff like that where I'm like, okay, so I started this December and I'm ending next December. Uh, I don't have to close the, the the book on every story but let's at least find one that we can culminate Mm -hmm. or two Mm -hmm. that we can culminate by next december Mm -hmm. you know so it's like uh run the first show and organically find what is given to me Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yes and 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 that's what i'm doing i didn't really have any stories in mind the story was the company, was the, the creation of the company, the return of the SAT, mm-hmm. the tri-state, uh, continuing the legacy, highlighting the future. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the, the the first show. But now we move forward and it's like, what happened on that show that I can take and then elaborate on and carry forward? Because there was a few different things, you know? There's, there's a lot. And obviously one of them that... Um, is going to be continued is that the SAT, you know, came out of retirement. They hadn't wrestled, uh, Will and Jose, um, Will and Joel had wrestled, um, maybe a few times, but Jose and Joel, the original SAT hadn't tagged in about a decade. So this was their first time being back. And, um, they went up against probably one of the best up-and-coming tag teams in the tri-state area in main event. That made sense to me. You know, hey, you haven't been here for a decade. You know, guess what? You The SAT was birthed through ICW and Amazing Red and, and Brian XL and all those guys. Well, guess what? You're back, and Red's kids are here yeah. doing it. And this is the influence of you in human form, standing across from you. Yeah. You know, all the work that the Maximo brothers did and 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 HOG and Red and everybody, they literally have been turned into these 
into them. It's yeah. physical embodiment. Mm -hmm. And to see them go head to head meant a lot to me because um, I'm close with Midas and, and Lion mm -hmm. before they even debuted. You know, I've known them, mm -hmm. but it made sense. It wasn't like a book, my friends in the main event type thing. Yeah. You know, it just made sense. So then moving forward, I'm like, so what next? I'm going to have the SAT back. You know, I'm going to. So what's next? And then in my head, which I'm a psycho, I'm like, who's the, you know, Briscoe brothers? You know, but that just, I don't have the funds for that. You know, and that's just realist, real being realistic, you know, and um, I just don't have the funds for it. And that's OK, you know, and I'm not going to be the guy who's, you know, gives you one main event and the rest full of junk just because I have, you know, a hard on for a main event that happened 20 years ago that I want to do again, yeah. that I want to see again and call my own, mm -hmm. you know, like I say, big picture as well, you're. You're yeah. painting an entire, entire picture, and you're uh, like running an entire show. So it can't all just be about like the one big headliner. Yeah. You want to tell ongoing stories, you know. And you you write yourself into a corner when you do something like that as well, because you've blown all your budget, you've done that one match, and then haven't invested in anything else, you know. Yeah, and if I would have gotten that match booked and situated for April sixteenth, guess what would have happened? The Briscoes and the SAT have wrestled twice already mm -hmm. since then mm -hmm. so it's gone it this this the mystique and the specialness is gone mm -hmm. and that's okay mm -hmm. you know am i living for first time ever matchups no but that match was special to me and i felt like it embodied the the lifeblood of my company but once gcw did it and big time wrestling did it it was like that was cool, man. Glad they did it, you know. Well, you got to um, see it and you didn't need to pay for it, so that's great. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, so Briscoes are out. I'm like racking my brain because in my head, I think the SAT had such a uh, fast-paced match with main event that I needed to ramp it up. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I think in my head. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, man, who could I get, you know, and it was like, the American Wolves, and it's like, or, or Myron Reed and Trey Miguel, that was a thought. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I'm just like racking my brain, and and a friend of me and me and Jack, who you know, Jack from the Wrestling Universe, who helps me with all this, we're you know in this together. He owning the original ICW, mm -hmm. but now uh, being a big part of what we're doing here. He's just like, uh, you know, what if you did like the Rock and Roll Express? And I'm just like, that's fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. are you fucking crazy? And, um, but the more you thought about it, the more it made sense to me. Mm -hmm. So it's like they came back to stand up against the young up and coming team who's the physical embodiment of their influence. Well, who the fuck do you think influenced the SAT? You know, who it's not about facing the future. It's also, it's about turning around and, and facing the past and 
going head to head with you say you're the fathers of the style today. That's what Joel and Jose say. We are the fathers of the style. Well, guess who's the fucking father of your style? You know, so the father of the father, you know, yeah, it's that exactly. granddaddy shit. And it made perfect sense to me. Yeah. And, and that's um, something really interesting, you know, it's not about, oh, I've got to ramp up the physical, you know, uh, spectacle exactly. of the match. It's like, what's the ongoing story that you're telling with the SAT? Exactly. Plus, exactly. you know, the Rock and Roll Express are obviously a draw. They're obviously super entertaining, you know, they're legends. Yep. And you get to do something that everyone's like, I never fucking thought of that. That's so yeah. interesting, you know. Yep. So uh, it made sense to me. So that was the the first thing that got locked in, you know, and it just felt like a match that needed to be announced, you know, and uh, so we, we went with it. Mm -hmm. And the whole goal was always, you know, hey, we're going to announce two or three matches and the rest will be a surprise. I won't announce everybody on the show, so maybe one or two people will pop up and be like, ooh, whether it's a, you know, somebody from the past show, whether it's a name that you know, whether it's somebody you might not know. Like, oh, I didn't realize he wasn't announced. Okay, that's cool. Or you're going to pop huge because it's a fucking huge surprise. Mm -hmm. So with that match, I'm like, well, that's got to be it, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I'm trying to think of the other matches. Um, Masha and Akira versus the Kirks. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I was... Uh, I was trying to do something else, but it just logistically didn't work out because obviously Masha had such a fantastic showing at the first show, uh, terrific match against Billy Starks. Absolutely. Obviously, you know, those two it got very heated and it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I was just looking for something else for Masha and fun fact, uh, if I would have been running New Jersey from the start, Billy would have been on the show. But if you're running in the state of New York, every talent on the show has to be 18 years old at least. So Billy Starks is, by law, not allowed to wrestle in the state of New York. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So she's not on the show. And she took another booking. As she'll be at Pro Wrestling Revolver wrestling Deanna Perrazzo. So she's busy, yeah. but <laughs> doing, doing awesome shit. Yeah, that's right. So, um, I had something else in mind for Mia, uh, for Masha and, uh, it just logistically didn't work out. And then honestly, I see the internet talking and I see them, you know, jabbering and these guys going back and forth with one another and the Kirk shit talking Akira and Masha and this and that and going back and forth and I saw what happened at like Boardwalk Buds and we seen what's happened here and there. Akira, you know, smashing Casey's face with trash can lids and this and that. And you kind of just you see this kind of uh organic uh story forming. And I'm just like, it's right in front of my face. Like, let's just run it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? This will be a match that I announce just because it's so, it's formed so organically that people will be excited for it. And then I won't have to worry about it getting snatched someplace else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
So that's two matches. And plus, it, it will be great. You know what I mean? There's four yeah, exactly. awesome competitors in there. It'll be super fun, and everybody yep. wins. And then, and then the thought of it, uh, you know, the underlying details of, you know, Casey and Brandon being close with Big Stark's brand being close with Billy Starks and Masha and Akira kind of having this, you know, little bit of resentment to both of to that whole side, you know. So it's just uh, makes a little bit of sense to me, and it just gives me a potential seed to build upon yeah. potentially who knows who knows how it shakes out yeah. but in my head as long as there's potential story points to build on then it seems more than just a wow first time ever dream match you know yo let me stop you right there i just need to holler at everybody and tell them about nordvpn this service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to, like, pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels. Now let's get back to the interview. That seems like the hardest part about this whole thing, you know, like booking independent wrestling. You talk about running four shows a year and having an ongoing story. That's sort of great, but you've really got to be ready to, using a term you know well, roll with the punches because the logistics sometimes just can't happen. You know, like you could have an idea of what you want to happen and what organically is happening. You're thrown, uh, you know, a spanner in the works and you're like, okay, so now we're going this way. And then you've still got to make it, make sense which is the real challenge hundred percent 100% and that's what happens when I said that for Masha I had something else in mind but logistically it just didn't work out and this was the lane change Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so pretty damn good lane change I'm not mad about it at all but it's gonna be what it's gonna be Mm -hmm. uh Mia Yim Janai Kai obviously announced obviously a uh a marquee type matchup where you're looking at um, two people who kind of resemble one another, you know, and I mean that from a martial arts type uh, background where both great strikers, great wrestlers, but it's kind of like a one's on the rise, the other's coming back to the independent scene. And it's like, uh, Mia's like, who are you? Yeah. You know, one of those situations where us as independent wrestling fans, we know who Janai Kai is. We see her in blood sport. We see her here. We see her there doing the damn thing, beating people up, knocking fucking heads off. And like, I'll be honest, like Mia Yim coming back. I, she's a top talent. I asked her flat out, uh, let me know 
what you would be who or what you'd be interested in interested in match wise mm -hmm. and she named a lot of people who were you know from her era of independent wrestling mm -hmm. and i explained what i was looking to get done and um you know so that's the thought process is like mia's coming back Janai's on the way up and they're gonna meet in the middle mm -hmm. and it's gonna be a clash where either Janai takes her fucking head off and keeps going up the ladder or Mia solidifies a spot as, Hey, I'm, I'm no one to fuck with. I'm back here, but I'm not a fucking joke. I'm not some sports entertainer, you know, like I can go. So I'm interested. And, uh, the match really came to, came to fruition because Mia Yim was on the, you know, WrestleMania weekend and saw her wrestle and she flat out tweeted out, I want to fight Janai Kai. And I was just like, you got it. I got you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's the easiest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. 100%. And April 16th is Mia Yim's birthday. So, yeah. Happy birthday. Get out there. There you go. Don't get your head kicked off. Like, <laughs> that's just what it is. It was it was a layup for me. Mm -hmm. And... um. Awesome. It was just, it was the easiest part. So I'm just like, cool. Now I'm three matches announced. And um, that's about where I stand. Obviously, we talked about uh, off air that I have a match stipulation announced, but nobody knows who's involved or anything like that. Exactly. Run me, run me through the stipulation because I, I believe it's like a, a multi-man, isn't it? Yeah. So, um... Let's just call a spade a spade. Everybody does a fucking scramble match. Everybody in their mother does a scramble match. Some do it really, really well. Some do it really, really bad. But I'm going to just be completely honest. What's the point of a scramble match? The point of a scramble match is for you to have a mishmash of talent who is talented or you want them to get some shine and get a name, but you don't really have a logical place for them on your card. So you throw them in a scramble in hopes that it sells a couple tickets or it makes some gifts on the internet and they're usually very fast paced and high flying. And uh, that's fine, man. But when I grew up watching independent wrestling, going to shows, there weren't quite as many of these scrambles. I grew up in our watching ROH with four corner survival matches, which is basically two in wrestling and two on the outside and it's every man for themselves. That's how I started off my first show, Four Corner Survival, because that's what I, you know, when I fell in love with indie wrestling, that's what I was watching. So I felt like I wanted to revive that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a way to get more people and more talent on your show. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I'm like, I don't want to do a scramble. I want to do something that means something. And um, I'll just say it flat out right here, right now. I have every intention uh, to run a title tournament in August. That is my what I'm trying to set my sights on. Mm -hmm. So uh, for the open weight eight gauntlet match, whoever wins this match will then get a spot in the tournament. Mm, nice. So I wanted to find a way to do a multi-man match where it felt like it meant something yeah. and where there felt like there was some, 
stake in the game that you needed to really show up and show out in order to earn something that could then be a story point in a tournament, you know, Hey, so-and-so had to beat X, Y, and Z and go through a gauntlet in order to be here, you know? Absolutely. So it, me, it gives it like a lot of stake. Like, it, like you'd say on the actual card itself, it maybe has the most stakes of all the matches on the cards. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, exactly. Exactly. It's essentially, you know, a guaranteed spot if you win. In, you know, what I hopes, you know, can be a title that becomes prestigious on the East Coast over time. And uh, so to me, I wanted to find a way to drop a seed for the tournament and make it the mat multi-man match meaningful. And uh, I just remember Ring of Honor doing uh, gauntlet style stuff. And it's just fun. It kind of gives you like a Royal Rumble feel where you don't know who's coming out next. You get multiple entrances. Uh, you get really fun uh, stylistic matchups where you're like, oh, it's this person versus this person. Oh, this, that, that, you know, it was a four minute kind of sprint, but now who's coming out next? And it just, uh, you get underdogs. You can, use uh characters we get a heel and a face and then it can switch to you know two heel it's just there's so much versatility and um so it just made sense to me and uh open weight eight just sounded good nice right it does so what's the logistics of an open weight eight so like how how's it working are you uh, leaning on those survival matches, are there people like on the apron and tagging in and out, or is it, um, no, or is it like a, a rumble be, type scenario? It's going to be a traditional gauntlet match. You start out with two, pinfall, submission, whatever. Yeah. Whoever person. wins that, then the next Love person it. comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. if you're in first, if you're one or two, you're going to essentially have to run through the rest of the gauntlet in order to you know get to what is meaningful which is a guaranteed spot in in the tournament that's, you know and huge. um you can like you talk about story beats you can set somebody up there depending on how it goes to build quite a resume in a very short period of time because it's like this person went through the gauntlet beat seven other competitors then went through a tournament and is now yep. here as the best wrestler, like on the company and the champion, you know, you like, you can yep. build that. And then even if that person doesn't go all the way, they still could maybe stake a, a claim as a contender. Cause it's like, you know what? Yep. I fell short, but about, like all those seeds that you're saying, you're just scattering them everywhere and there's a lot to work yeah. with. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. In, in my mind, it's uh every seed doesn't have to grow into our main story arc. But if I scatter enough, then whatever organically sprouts, we can run with. There's going to be some that don't take, some that fall to the wayside, some that just the crowd doesn't pick up on, some that maybe my commentators don't pick up on, you know? But I mean, it's going to be, the blatant ones, the organic ones, the ones that you feel and you see, they'll grow. And 
I just feel like the more that I, I, I spread out those seeds and those talking points, story points that the more chance of growth I'll have, you know, a better percentage. Yeah, absolutely. Now that's so cool, man. And and this is why ETU is so exciting to me. Just the level of thought that you go into like for me, professional wrestling is all about the little details. They're the moments I pop for, you know, the, the looks between competitors or the the long-term story beats that are then called back on and stuff like that. And and a lot of independent wrestling companies don't do that. But I know that's the stuff that you also gravitate towards. So it makes me very excited yeah. to see what you've got coming up. Yeah. I mean, the plan is that, man. I watch a lot of pro wrestling. There's a lot of good pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of even keel medium level professional wrestling Mm -hmm. and that's not a diss on anybody it's just the market for independent wrestling has become vastly oversaturated with what people feel is successful first time out ever super fights uh you know deathmatch wrestling everybody's you know trying their hand at that because it can accelerate your career growth you know you look at somebody like Hoodfoot, tremendous wrestler, was doing the damn thing, has some death matches, and now he is through the roof. Mm-hmm. He deserves that those eyes before he even ever dropped a drip of fucking blood. Mm-hmm. He deserved those eyes, but it took, you know, I always say this on like ICW, like uh, commentary and stuff like that, is that he was willing to go to those lengths in order to get to that place. Yes. And sometimes it is costs blood Yeah, from, you know, experience is not cheap and sometimes it will cost your health, your mind, your body, your blood. It, it, it's not dollars and cents, you know, it's yeah. certainly not. It's fucking, blood and tears yeah. that it fucking that's what it costs to get there exactly and your yeah. audience respects that too whether they even know it or not when they're watching it sure there's like a, a level that comes through i, I was talking about this recently actually i i do an, another podcast just talking about new japan pro wrestling called okada shorts and we were talking about an injury that the wrestler sonata sustained uh sure. when, when he you know took a, a moonsault standing moonsault to the face and, and broke his orbital bone now i've never really historically liked sonata i thought he has lacked a lot of lot of fire sure. and i'm like he's got all the tools but there's just something missing right and it's just now that. in his last few matches in his championship match he had to gain the title and then the fire he started to show and then now an injury i was saying is injuries in wrestling can be important and deathmatch wrestling do them all, all the time at like a very small amount. But it's sure. like, is that injury the turning point in his career? Like he has just had to relinquish the title. And most people would be like, this is really sad. He has lost it. But what he then makes of that when he comes back and how he acts could be that fire, everything. you know, that lights everything, you know, um, look yep. at cruel at ICW. Finally makes the switch sure. to his new character, takes a catastrophic injury, but just the right amount of injury, if that makes sense. It yeah. was very bad, but it was nothing crucial. It He healed from it relatively quick, but the credibility yeah. it gave him was was through the roof, shot him through the stratosphere, you know? And yeah. 
Yeah. And so you, you look at some of the greatest injuries of all time in wrestling and they've quite often been t- turning points for people, you know. And yeah, for Hoodfoot, yeah. it was that. It wasn't, wasn't a catastrophic injury, but it was like, you know, that match with Josh Crane where he's suddenly bleeding and it's Pondo yeah. and, like, you know, all this stuff yeah, where yeah. people are like, this guy's willing to go there and it just gives him that fucking stamp, you know, like yeah. it sets him apart. It's so important, but you can't, you can't just manufacture it. Like it has to be organic, you know, like yeah. you can't just like, go, oh yeah, Hoodfoot goes out there and he does a blade job and then he's over. like, it doesn't work that way. You know, like it, it has to, it, do, it doesn't like, it has to be real. And when, when that bleeds over into our, whatever wrestling is, you know what I mean? Like a predetermined sport that we all love when that, when it becomes real, like that's when magic happens. Hundred percent, and I, and like you, you you brought up Sonata and his injury. I saw it happen live in front of my face at a Ring of Honor show. I don't remember the exact name, but it was uh, Steen and Generico against the American Wolves, Davey and Eddie Edwards. Wow. Yep. It was in a ladder war, and um, basically, Eddie Edwards is from Boston. You don't get cheered in the state of New York (laughs) if you're from Boston. Yeah, well. That's just the rules. Mm -hmm. You don't get – he would get booed out of the building. Mm -hmm. But the night before, he – something happened, and he shattered his elbow. Yeah. And he showed up, arm basically in like a bootleg cast. Yeah. And had one of the, the craziest ladder matches I had ever seen. And the crowd just chanted for him in a way that I had never seen before for that. It was just incredibly organic to watch him become a star. You know, this guy had been in ring of honor in tag matches. I know he was like, I think he was like TV champion for a while doing the hunt type, uh, 10 minute TV matches. He was in pro wrestling. Noah, even before that, but just never really gaining, you know, huge traction, obviously kind of in David's shadow for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that moment was just like, blew me away. And then a m- couple months later, he ends up winning the ROH world title. He beats Roderick strong in the same building. Mm-hmm. And I was there for that. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest pops I have ever heard. And it's just like sometimes somebody, the crowd realizing that somebody is just going to a place that they don't have to go in order for our enjoyment, it gets received in a way that that nobody can really understand or measure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Tana, we all know he's hurt. You look at Shibata, one yeah. of the best to ever do it. But man, we all thought it was a wrap. Yeah. It was done. He was done. Mm-hmm. But then to see him find a way, you know, it's one of the, the train his body and mind and rebuild himself. Like remember when he came back, like uh Shibata, he was injured so badly and it, it almost took his life. And then when he came back for the first time on camera, not to wrestle, just to be like, I'm alive. And like his entire face looked different. You know what I mean? He had been through a brain injury and he looked 
different and he looked weak and stuff. And then he goes to the LA Dojo and he's training people and stuff. And then you see him rebuild himself into what he is, like, again. Like, I that level of willpower and, and dedication, like, how can you not respect that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and people see that. Like, people know what it's like to be injured. And they're like, this dude doesn't need to do this. But here's Eddie yeah. Edwards just going, no, people have paid for a ticket. I'm going to strap myself up and do it. He probably wouldn't have won that title had he not done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the organic growth that then came for that is just so real, you know? Yep. Like, and and, yep. and I think, like, you know, everybody talks about Triple H coming back from the quad injury. Like, it probably made him even more popular because everybody knows he, like, fought through to try and finish that match and do that. People are like, look at the balls yep. on this guy and stuff. It's so important, you know? Uh, and when wrestlers do that, the real ones, like, they don't even think twice about working through that and it could potentially make the injury worse or whatever. I had this conversation with Justin Kyle as well. He's like, it doesn't matter because I need to finish that match. And it's not about people yeah. go, oh, you know what? It's a it's a wrestling match. You, you can have another one. You can just stop or whatever. He's like, no, because I trained for this my entire life. This, every match yeah. is a representation of what I have worked for and I'm not just going to dispel it all away in that moment because I, I'm hurt. Like the integrity of what I have built is at stake and that is what's so important. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's what, what I want. I, I don't yeah. want, obviously I don't want injury, but I want organic yes. stuff like yes. that. Mm -hmm. And the only way to step away from super fights and first time ever dream matches and, uh, you know, blood and gore and this and that is to plant as many seeds as I can yes. and see what comes back to me yeah. you know it's like uh you know it's like farming i go out there and i can plant whatever uh -huh. doesn't mean i'm gonna have the best you know tomatoes or pumpkins or whatever or this or that but whatever i'm given i'm gonna take and run with it mm -hmm. and that's how i look at at booking this show um it's not easy i have so much talent you know and we talked about the matches uh obviously Rock and Roll Express, SAT, Mia Yim, Janai Kai, Masha and Akira, the Kirks. You know you're getting that. What's going to happen in the open weight eight gauntlet? I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We'll and we find don't even out. know who's in it because, like, the list of talent that you've got for the show that you've exactly. put out is so huge, and anybody in that list could be in that. You know what I mean? Exactly. But you don't know Everybody. who is. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at the, the talent list and it's uh, for people who don't have matches already announced, it's, you know, obviously Danny DeMonto's coming back. I want to I wanna highlight the tri-state area. This man's been doing it for 20 years. But then you got people like Asriel also been doing it for 20 years in the tri-state area. You want to talk about more people from that area? I mean... <laughs> It's, I hate to put the Kirk's Kirk over, but Brandon's been doing the damn thing for a very long time. That guy is incredibly talented and, uh, you know, it's, it's a well-earned. He's not just a, a bleeder, you know? Yeah. He's a tremendous, tremendous wrestler. Yeah. And, uh, as much as I don't have to like him, 
that doesn't mean that I can't be like, hey, this, you know, this guy's pretty good. Well, what so they do, I, like, as a couple, like, and as wrestlers is so impressive. You know, I feel like Joel Bateman summed it up the best recently. He just said, it's not fuck the Kurtz, it's fuck the Kirks. Because they, <laughs> they just turn it out, they're everywhere, they're always great, you know what I mean, they're, they're hardworking, they're in it together, like you can't not respect it, and even though you don't always like appreciate uh, what they do, or um, approve of their methods, or you know, he, the dudes are quite punchable, uh, and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't mean you can't respect what they, what they do, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. exactly. Toughness will get you a long way, you know, especially in pro wrestling. But obviously, I want those people involved. I want to touch on the tri-state, but I also want to highlight the entire coast. We talked about uh, Price and, and MSP, you know. Also, you're looking at Janai coming from D.C., Yoya coming from D.C., Max Caster. Yeah. Straight out of, you know, he's a Long straight Island dude just like me. <laughs> well, I'm about to say. Never heard of it, but uh, <laughs> you know, I just I, I my goal, to you. yeah. <laughs> but for 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 me, it's like I I want to cover these bases. Mm-hmm. So when like Price and MSP were were set, I'm like, well, I gotta go south now. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm like, let's hit up Jerry. What's AC Mac doing? Yeah. Does he want to bring that shiny belt back to me? Because the, we saw it. We saw it on uh, on our first show. We saw Alex Shelley bring that uh, independent wrestling world championship and, and put it on the line. But uh, I, I know for a fact that AC Mac is very adamant on not defending that title uh, anywhere but in the southeast region. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't deserve the platform. Yeah. As much as I might not agree with uh, his selfishness, mm-hmm. he feels it's deserved that he was so underlooked and so underutilized that people need to cater to him because nobody ever did before. Yeah, you know, he's like I so, hold the prize. So, see, see so where it goes from it. there. But yeah, exactly. Doesn't mean he doesn't want to come in, maybe have a match, maybe talk some shit. Doesn't mean he's got to defend it, but he can definitely uh, walk the walk and talk yeah. talk while he's there. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, you don't want to speak about, uh, you know, somebody who's become just an, an entire gatekeeper to the world of independent wrestling. Uh, having Tony Deppen was a big deal for me mm-hmm. because I'll be completely honest. Like, if you want to get to the next level, mm-hmm. you have to get through Tony Deppen at some point in time. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. You look at somebody... uh Garcia, Blackwood, Moriarty, whoever. You got to get through Deppin. That's just the the way of the world right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, for somebody like Tony, you know, tri-state guy, you know, and I'm looking around and I'm like, man, like what we have, I have the Asriels, I have the DeMontos, I have the SAT. I have, you know, people who have been around the tri-state. I need the guy who is actively pushing the envelope in the area, you know? Mm -hmm. It's him. It's him. He's the gatekeeper. He hates being called that, but he's the fucking (laughs) 
he's the fucking is like it doesn't mean that you're any less of that just because you don't like the way it sounds yeah, like exactly. dude you're that it's just I'm what sorry. just happened shut up yeah, and run exactly. with it <laughs> exactly but um i don't know man there's so much talent uh marcus mathers is back i feel like he earned a spot maybe not in victory in the four corner survival but he was a last minute addition cole radrick had some travel issues mm -hmm. and he was the first person to be like hey put me in coach mm -hmm. and he 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 did it yeah, he tagged in and he yeah. showed up mm -hmm. and showed out and um but that's what you're gonna get from a you know the top of the class over at h2o matt tremont is doing beautiful things with those students and he is the you know the best in show at the moment <laughs> there exactly what else do i got what else do you want to know um, uh, i i think uh, as we as we start your job yeah well that, that's exactly right I, I guess i should do some kind of hosting at some point but uh, when you bring on a pro like yourself i can usually just let you talk and not have to do any research yeah. um yeah. i just want to touch on real quick there's an australian on your show isn't there I guess. What do you mean? I guess <laughs> <laughs> she's around, so very Australian. No, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny that you bring that up, mm -hmm. and uh, of course, it would be out of your mouth to bring up the Australian. I but, got it. Uh, Shaz McKenzie, she's out and about. She's here on a tour of the U.S., hitting the ground running very fast. She's everywhere. She's doing everything. And for me, uh, I kind of had things situated already. Mm -hmm. Had a card laid out. And then I see her posting, you know, anybody got a, oh, anybody got something on April 16th? Anybody got something on April 16th? And I'm like, I do. <laughs> but, like, I'm kind of good. And then, like, Jonah asked me. And I was like, ah, ah, let me talk to her. So I, and I've interviewed her before, yeah. you know, so I hit her up. But again, like, budgets hey, are set, things are changed. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I kind yeah. of have already planned this and I'm trying yeah, not to exactly. blow it out like I normally do. Like, Yeah. So uh, we talked and uh, just logistically speaking, it was a good fit. You know, mm -hmm. from where she was going to be the day before to where she has to be the day after, mm -hmm. it just kind of aligned properly. Mm -hmm. You know, just one of those things. Mm -hmm. And um, for what I had in mind for her, it she has a versatility to her mm -hmm. that she fits the mold as to she could end up in any different way. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. could she have been the one in the match against Mia Yim? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. She's built for that. Yep. Could she be in the open weight gauntlet? Yeah, absolutely. She could be. Could she have a fucking drag out death match? Fucking maybe. You know? Yeah. She's not. I'm joking. Don't <laughs> I see your eyes light up, you fucking psycho. I, I know <laughs> that you're not doing any death matches, but she no. might pop up on ICW. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was supposed to be... Um, she was supposed to wrestle Chris Dickinson. Yeah, at the I remember. original volume when two. Her, when her whole tour got destroyed by COVID. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I mean, uh, everything got just crushed. Yeah. And uh, so it just made sense. So I was like, yeah, I'll mark you down. And her versatility is what, and the logistics mapping out pretty great, was what got her spot because it wasn't like I felt married to one option, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, cool. If, uh, you know, if somebody cancels, I could put her here, put her here, put her there. It's just, she's a pro. She's been around the world. She's wrestled, you know, the best in any gender, you know, Mm -hmm. he, they, whatever. She does the damn thing. She, She can just do it all. Like do it, it all. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to have her there because you can use her in any role that you need because she's that talented. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Absolutely. So that was uh, that was how it all happened with uh, with Shazza. And it's just funny that uh, for it seems like that's how the international flavor seems to come for my shows. Mm-hmm. It just falls out of the sky and just happens to work out. Yeah. Uh, you know, Carlos Romo. You know, it was like I was just sitting out under a tree and an apple falls into your hand and you're like, oh, wonderful. (laughs) And same thing with her. Same thing with Jonah. You know, they kind of just. And that's something that Danny DeMonto has always taught me is as much people give Danny so much shit for for whatever reason. um ICW is the number one company on IWTV. As much as you hate that, it's the fucking truth. I love truth. it. I don't hate <laughs> it. <laughs> Me <love> too. It. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the things that I've learned from him is you don't have to book out your entire show four months ahead of time because people are going to cancel. This is going to change. People can get hurt. People can get sick in this day and age. Uh, anything can happen. Uh, you also have to understand that sometimes someone that you may have booked could have an opportunity that supersedes yours. Mm-hmm. And that happened to me. Ricky Shane Page was booked for this event, mm-hmm. but he told me and me and Ricky are friends. And he said, hey, I might be getting booked for progress. Um, just want to let you know. I, uh, I said, dude, if you get booked, Please take that. I would never want for you to decline a international booking to be on my, you know, my second show ever. And he's like, thank you so much. I'll keep you updated. And he did. And guess what? He's going to be on progress that weekend. So big, big shout out to Ricky. I think he's going to be, they have like that, uh, Atlas, um, title for like the, the Hoss, like whatever yeah, yeah. section, yeah. the Strong Husky styling. Boy title. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the Husky Boy. I'm pretty is. sure that's what says on the belt. Yeah, Husky Boy. Title. Yeah, it says <laughs> Husky Boy. Yeah. Husky Boy title. Yeah, and uh, so he's going to be in that tournament. That's cool. And it just, you know, great for him. Yeah. Who am I to say no? Honor your bookings to my fucking jabroni New Jersey Fed. This is ETU, motherfucker. If you want to climb the ladder with me, you better get in my back right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. But uh, like, like you say versatility is the key so if you have a quiver full of versatile arrows it means that if one of them isn't available you just notch up another one and shoot it into into place and yep that's the way it works and that's what it is you know and and you you know us being friends you've seen the the card 
grow and change and quite a lot. And you'll yeah. be like, what the fuck is that? You know, <laughs> I thought you were doing that. Or I thought he was booked, you know, it's yeah. just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't show too many people what I got going on, but whenever it starts to morph and change, I'll send it to the few people who I value their opinions. You being one of them. And you'll be like, man, what happened with this? Or man, that's crazy. You know, like it's, it's just one of those things where, like you said, it's good to have uh, versatility in your, you know, in the clip, in the quiver, ready to aim and, and fire at any given time. Mm-hmm. Because who knows? We're six days out. I don't know what's, what's going to happen. I don't know. Like, there's more flights on this show. Yeah. People have been having some issues with flying a little bit lately. Mm-hmm. Who knows what happens? Mm-hmm. Who knows if uh, violence is forever so big league now that they just fucking no show me and um, <laughs> fucking Dom Koo. I'm, Dom's I like, love busting the bulls. I'm like, oh, you're big league. You're in the fucking Crockett Cup, NWA, fucking nine funny time. They don't even call they, you. Like they just don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just no show. But I'm just like. You know, you guys won, like, independent wrestling tag team of the year the last 90 years in a row. Like, all right. But it Man. just uh, it just makes sense. And, and that's what it's always going to be is that versatility is going to be priority because the name of the company, expect the unexpected. Yeah. I'm never, ever going to just stick to my guns. It's always going to be like... Maybe I got to put these two down and pick up a whole nother arsenal yeah. at any given time. 100%. And, uh, like, for me, like, if I had to cancel any one of the matches, I really wouldn't even freak out. Yeah. Because I have so much more to just, like, I could probably book three different complete cards with this talent. Yeah. And be okay with any of them. Yeah. If you were like, hey, Rock and Roll Express isn't going to show up. What are you going to do? Brother, that's not that hard. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Not, like you, look you, at who is involved. Absolutely. It's not that hard. Yeah, just roll so. roll with it. And that must be so yeah. freeing for you. You know what I mean? I, I know how, like, at the when you did the first show, there were certain things that you wanted to get off and they maybe didn't happen and that was stressful and stuff. Now you're like, you know what? Let's just see how it goes. And you know what I mean? You, yeah. You've now picked up that confidence and you're like, let the chips fall where they may. We're going to make it yep. work. And that must be so freeing. And, you it know, is. like you say, you're a person that carries your stress like pretty tight. That yeah. taking that weight off your shoulders and being like, we'll make yeah. it work must feel great. Like, yeah. The worry is not of the the card. That's not a worry. Do I... My worry is not if the show's going to be good because I've positioned myself that it's the only option. Yeah. It's the only option. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, the only option for the talent that I've put together is a very good independent wrestling show. Yeah. That's not hockey at all. No. That is just take a look. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. take a look. However you slice it, you might be like, oh, that match wasn't the best. Still better than most, you know. Exactly. It's faith and, in the roster. You know what I mean. You, you exactly. you've, uh, you've made your connections. You've chosen people that you see something in. It's not yep. just. A, and I, I know, like even in the the previous show, there was you know, uh, whatever 
talent on there that you were like, oh, I don't know, that, that's not the case and you've adjusted and you're like, I, I let myself get in that position. That's not happening again, you know? And so, sure. yeah, you're just building it to win and that's that's awesome. You, yep. You're building your team and you're going to be good to go, man. And I, for one, can't wait to see it. Like, I, I think uh, people are going to continue to see the success of Expect the Unexpected and like you say, I think you're going to unlock the East Coast and unlock professional wrestling for a lot of people. That is the absolute goal, man. And uh, it's it's the focus. The focus is to, you know, continue the tradition, continue the legacy, highlight the future, and and just keep, you know, that flavor of the East Coast that I feel like, you know, people forgot a little bit. And I just want people to remember, like, this is where it's, where you need to be. I know the West is popping. I know the mid South is cool. I know the South is, is dope, but it's like, yo, if you want to be like on that level, if you want the eyes, if you want to be able to springboard to the next step, it's through here, it's through the East. And that's from, from the North all the way down to the bottom of the coastline, man. I'm not leaving anybody out. I know that people are being like, southeast first you're right it is that Mm -hmm. but it's the whole coast man and we're gonna that's what this is culminating at Mm -hmm. era of the unexpected it's this is hey i will put every other region on notice this is what you have to compete with this is what you need to be on par with in order to truly solidify yourself as a as a player in independent wrestling and that's the belief in the roster that's a belief in my vision from a booking standpoint a promoter standpoint and a brand standpoint uh it's it's i want to bring it back to territories where it's you can have somebody win a title which i have every point in doing in in putting a title in place but then I want that person to be able to take that title anywhere, anywhere that they please. I don't care what three letters or what name is at the top. I want them to be able to just go wherever with it and just break down those barriers and not restore the territorial mindset, but just uh, maybe modernize it a little bit. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's, that's so cool. The the big picture thinking that you have for the whole company and for the whole independent wrestling scene is really, really awesome to see. So tell people where they find all the ETU stuff. And I don't know if you've still got sponsorship on opportunities available, but I thought you might want to run those down for people as well. Yeah. Um. So if you want to follow ETU, it's uh, pretty straightforward on social media at ETU Wrestling. If you want to buy tickets for the event, if you're in the area, it's etu2.eventbrite.com. But, of course, like I said, on all social medias, all that's available. You can see the lineup that we have announced. Obviously, uh, only three marquee matchups announced, including we have a fourth being that open weight eight gauntlet. And then the rest is going to be mystery. We're going to have surprises. More people who I'm going to announce also, this coming week, just a few more. Nothing crazy. Don't think 
I'm not pulling another Jonah here, guys. All right. Like, <laughs> but uh, still a few more. And uh, honestly, when it comes to the sponsorships, I spoke to you about it. And you know that it wasn't something that I really was dying to do. But I wanted to find a structure that worked for everybody because I felt like in this day and age, the people who are sponsoring companies are a little bit getting not taken advantage of, but just aren't getting the most out of, out of their money. Some people do it great, you know, but others, you know, I feel like it's a quick mention and a graphic and then it's over. You know, I want the people to be involved. I want to be people that I believe in, you know? So, um, it's people like Darren McCarty who we both, love and he's so supportive uh the guys over at pw ponderings they're so great at covering professional wrestling my sister has a clothing company called swim with sharks of course i want her to be a part of what i'm doing you know Mm -hmm. we both are so creative in such different ways but we want to be able to support each other you know i have uh two good friends andy and hammer the bocce boys they travel everywhere with icw Mm -hmm. and they're trying to cultivate an audience for their kind of like continuous life of where they document everything that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, you guys support us and me and ICW and ETU so much. Of course I want you guys to be involved so we can just spread that love. And it's about uh, connecting dots and planting seeds and growing together. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel independent wrestling should be. You know, it should be less about battle lines and more about uh, blurring those lines and crossing them and working together. So that's uh, what I'm looking to do. If anybody else has any interest with sponsorship moving forward, you know, if you want to be a part of what we're doing, like I said, you can just uh, hit me up at ETU Wrestling on any of the social medias. Um, And, man, we got a, a crazy one coming up Saturday. April 16th, Era of the Unexpected, our second show. It is absolutely stacked with amazing talent from all walks of life. And uh, it's going to be streaming live on IWTV. And yeah, man, I don't think I can talk about this shit anymore or I'll have a fucking (laughs) mental breakdown. No, that is fine. Uh, also for anybody listening in Australia, that is going to be the morning of Sunday the 17th uh, at 8am if you want to tune into it live on IWTV. Bro, I want to thank you for your time. I know you've had a rough one uh, with travel and all that different stuff, but that's part of the course. You should be used to it. Yeah, I'm now, getting so. used to it. I'm yeah, getting used exactly. To it. You're getting there. You're becoming a road warrior, man. So, oh, yeah. Man, shoot Bro, always <laughs> fucking awesome to speak to you, man. Whenever we get yeah. to hang out, it's always great fun. So I want to make sure before my uh, my life uh, goes on break and I'm not around my house that I at least got one uh, out for you focusing on it before, yeah. you know, the big show. And I appreciate that, man, because uh, I spoke about it earlier. It's all about supporting the people that you believe in and that supports you back. Um you do such a great job to make sure that everybody gets a platform and 
for you even when it may feel like your your life can be in a bit of a tailspin or tornado and it's uncertainty and chaos and we don't know what's going on or we just got to grab a hold of something and try and you know mm-hmm. get our feet planted on the ground again you still uh made sure that there was time for me and for this and uh man i love you for it bro uh, thanks bro I, I appreciate you too like people people like podcasts and stuff it, it's just something that puts out on the internet or like you know twitter friends and things like that like this man's one of the people that when i'm dealing with stuff with my wife he takes time out of his busy schedule to send me a message to check if he's okay and I, I've met a lot of friends like that through this medium. You know what I mean? Like, what? like, and the connection Man. is beyond just like throwing a few tweets and and mutually, mutually kind of promoting each other. You know, um, you said mm-hmm. to me a few times, same team, and and that's how yeah. I, I feel about all the, I don't know the the group of collective minds that we're just slowly you know gathering and getting to know each other. We move in a lot of the same circles and stuff, and I just feel really yeah. grateful to be a part of it, and I feel really grateful to know you and to be your friend and so yeah i want to thank you too man because i i was it's been a hard year and you know things were things were going on in my personal life and you were there for me so i appreciate it man hey same team means more than just pro wrestling more than just podcast shit bro Mm -hmm. and uh yeah we'll keep doing whatever we can do to support one another whether it's uh for wrestling for life or for whatever else in between so yeah. i appreciate you dude appreciate thank it, you for always making time for me of course and uh enjoy your holiday vacation <laughs> i don't know what the fuck that shit means but. yeah I know. it's a it's a probably a foreign concept to you at the moment but i'm uh gonna get on the the plane at 5 p.m tomorrow i'm gonna fly to melbourne i'm gonna hang out with some friends i'm gonna see deathmatch down under for the first time uh and then i'm gonna hire a car and drive to south australia with my wife and just sightsee and take our time so it's going to be nice to just be off grid right. and chill out and uh and then reboot for another fucking year of horrendous retail work <laughs> and more <laughs> podcasting which i'm yeah. going to reinvest myself in i had to slow down after episode 100 i really wanted to tick that box off and then now i'm just going to start to get it going again and we'll see what i can do but i i made a lot of great contacts and i've got a lot of people that want to be on the show that i had to hit pause on and say look i'm sorry yeah. i've got to focus on this but uh, it's going to be a big year, man, and I, I don't plan on slowing down anytime soon. So we'll see what we can Good. achieve. Eh? Love to hear it, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, dude. Yeah, you too, man. Everybody, check out Expect the Unexpected Wrestling. This man's about to straight up kill it. So for the struggles, for ETU, and for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks everyone for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. 
featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Vinyls and Violence, a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalized Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something.